Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with the struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. This week, we talk a lot about your struggles as you grow up as an adult. You start losing friends, your friends thin out, you know, you start losing social connections and community. And so we discuss the struggles with that and how you could potentially find ways to build a new community for yourself. Enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome to Struggles, episode 48. Episode 48, two episodes away. Yeah, we are recording this after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy holidays. Especially in the, if you're in the United States. If you are not, you probably already celebrate Thanksgiving or don't have something. So happy holidays, almost holidays. Yeah, feels, I don't know, it's just the holidays, but I've never really been a holiday person. Like I'm finally starting to enjoy it this year a little bit because Miles like is older like we have a kid in the house who like understands holidays now this halloween fucking loved it so far it's his favorite holiday <laughs> you know, like, and that was kind of cool just seeing him so excited about halloween and and so we'll see how he deals with christmas because one thing i did was like south coast the mall nearby they have these you know really elaborate what are they called not displays but like setups like the north pole scene you know oh cool It's like this massive, like, it's got like trains. It's got like a million things moving and going on. Is it snowing? No, I wish. Oh. It's a snow scene, right? It's like the North Pole. Yeah, but there's no snow actually falling? No, no. That would be the best. Yeah. But just like I took them, you know, we're we're going to the mall to return some things for Mink and I just took him there to to check it out. And he didn't want to leave. Like he literally just wanted to stare at it for like 30 minutes. And so I just held him on my shoulders. And he just stared at, it. he just like looked around at this thing for like 30 minutes. And Mink reminded me, it's like, I don't know if you remember going to the Hallmark store back in the day. Have you ever been to a Hallmark store? In the holidays, they have these like scenes on their windows. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like not caricatures, but like they build these sets. That's what I call it, sets. They build these like elaborate sets of like holiday scenes with like miniature figurines and like whatever. And there's just so much detail put into it. You can look at it forever. Hmm. For me, I was kind of like, oh, I see it. Like for two minutes, I'm like, I'm good. But for a kid, there's like so much. Yeah. Something new. It's exciting. It's like real life TV. Yeah. That was kind of cool seeing how he, he takes an interest in these things now versus, you know, just wanting to run around. Nice. I feel like the fourth quarter is always really interesting for a kid. You're in school for a bit. You're finally getting to take some time off, right? Halloween's fun. Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and you get like winter break. Yeah, which is nice. Just to like play video games, just watch movies. And when do we get so boring as adults, you know? <laughs> With adults, it's the, the victim of responsibility. It never ends. And it, you only get more. I was talking to a friend about this the other day, how when we used to live together in New York, and we would spend so much time watching sports, like hanging out at bars and watching sports together with all our friends. And he was talking about how he just feels way more busy now. There's no time really to, you can try to watch sports, but it has to be scheduled in. 
scheduled into like work events and hanging out with his wife and doing things with his kids and meeting other people, having other social agendas, all this on top of work and all the travel he has to do for work. And he's like, I just feel crazy that my days are just filled and packed and everything just moves so quickly. It's just added responsibilities, right? Especially once you have a kid and you just have a lot more activities to take care of, right? Because I was telling him on Thanksgiving Day for for me was very similar to what we're doing in the past, right? Because Eric and I, we lived together, my brother, and we literally woke up. He woke up at 5 a.m. I woke up at 5.45 to watch the South Korea versus Uruguay World Cup match. And then the Lions versus Bills NFL game was on at 9 a.m. Then there are other NFL games and we literally watched sports and prepped to cook Thanksgiving meal and then ate. That's all we did all day was to watch sports, make food, eat food, watch more sports. And so my life, I was telling you, like, it hasn't really changed much because my responsibilities are still more about myself and work, right? Whereas once you have a kid, and you could probably attest to this, that's when things start to change a lot. Like you become way more busy because even something like, you know, right before we started recording this, we're talking about how you're enrolling Miles into a different school. There's research that goes into that, trying to figure out which school he should go to, figuring out logistically, does this make sense? Is it close enough? Does it fit our schedule? Are the programs that the school offers, you know, and you're trying to do all that on top of work and on top of your hobby, on top of being a, a husband. Yeah. There's just so much. And like finding time to just watch sports all day or, or do whatever the hell we wanted to do and play video games all the time, it disappears. Yeah, that's true. Like on Thanksgiving Day, sports have been on all week because of FIFA and whatnot and, and football for my father-in-law. But I was like, I just want to watch a movie. I just want to watch something like entertaining. I love like detective stuff. I love Sherlock Holmes, like the modern shows of Sherlock Holmes, actually. They came out with two movies around um, this. I've never heard of Enola Holmes before, but they basically, made, I think they made up a sister. They made two movies out of it. And, and it's, it's with the main character from Stranger Things. She's awesome. I, I never watched that show. You never watched Stranger Things? You know me, I don't watch much TV at all. I never watched Stranger Things or like Game of Thrones, none of that stuff. Mink did. I'm not missing out. I don't have the patience. I think what it is, I don't have the patience for anything like a series or any show that like drags, not drags on, but like the suspense builds up. What I enjoy watching is things like that are really short and condensed, like Black Mirror. I fucking love that show because, you know, every episode is just, it's contained. Like there's no. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. And I was like, wait why don't I watch movies anymore? I was like, oh yeah, because every time if we have the TV on, it's like, Miles doesn't want to watch this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. if he wants to watch what he wants to watch. And so the only thing that- Baby Shark. Yeah, Baby Shark, exactly. And, or Mickey Mouse or Cars. And that's why it's like, you know, the TV's on, it's either sports for Ming's dad or, you know, something for Miles. And so I don't have time. And I want to play video games too. Like there's like two big video games that came out. One is God of War, Ragnarok. I never liked God of War back in the day, but the latest like renditions of, of God of War, is the storytelling is just amazing. And then the other one is the second installation of, first one's Horizon Zero Dawn, this one's Horizon the Wild West, I think. Yeah, something West. Yeah, I, I never really got into 
video games as as much after Counter Strike and StarCraft One. <laughs> I didn't really play as much. I think it's partially like it was not very good. Plus, you're into sports. That was my trade off. Like you, you watch sports. I played video games with my friends. You know, I, I love video games. I mean, I guess we did play a lot in high school. We played um, Smash Brothers a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always got destroyed. I can't play anything competitive like that. I've always liked co-op games. And then after a while, I think as more and more of my friends dropped off as they had kids, uh, then I was just like, well, there's nobody co-op with. So I learned to enjoy like single player games. But like, you know, anything like Destiny, World of Warcraft, Lineage, I think about it. That's what I did in my 20s. <laughs> Played a lot of video games instead of watching TV or sports. It's interesting, though, uh, during the pandemic, during COVID, a lot of people got into video games because it was the only way for them to socialize. That's true. Yeah. It is a constant struggle to, I think, to connect with people these days in a digital world. You know, going back to like, as we're getting older, we're talking about the holidays, people move like we're, we're more spread out versus like back in high school, everybody lived in the same city, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. you went to Troy High while well, you lived in Troy. All your friends lived in Troy. At worst case, it's like, oh, like two of your friends and their families went on vacation, but you still had, you know, 16 other friends that did not go on vacation. <laughs> That's something that gets lost as we get older. And it's hard. It's hard to make new friends. I just, I feel very fortunate that like two or three buddies from business school, they happen to live close by. So we have that kind of that connection. Before that, like I didn't really know anybody in Orange County. And even though, you know, Hesong lives like two minutes away. You know, when he's not playing golf and he's busy with his new job, it's kind of like, it's hard to hang out, you know? He likes games and he likes mountain biking and I don't mountain bike and I don't have time to play games. Yeah. Huh. It's tough. It's tough to even connect with like friends who live like two minutes away. You seem to have the, the similar interests and the time to do it. I think as, as we get older, the number of people in your circle of friends definitely strengths over time. I think at first, when this started to happen to me, it was very jarring. I was a social butterfly, a lot of like random groups of friends, especially in New York. And I just slowly lost touch with most of them. And you just realize that it, it's normal. It happens just as everyone evolves, everyone's responsibilities become different. What you're interested in or your ties on why you hang out together start to grow thin. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually think it's very natural. It is. However, it can be detrimental, in my opinion, if one doesn't maintain like friends that they do share something with. And this is something I, I've been trying to be more intentional about this year is that, all right, as like, say, Hesong and I, our interests diverge and we have less common things to hang out around, like, I don't want to replace them or anything like that. You know, like people are irreplaceable, but. What are we doing to maintain like a, a healthy level of a circle of friends? Even Phil and I, arguably my best friend since like high school, we barely talk. Thanksgiving passed and I, I didn't even know he was in San Francisco. And we just happened to text each other because, you know, I was taking miles to downtown yesterday to see the Space Museum. And him and I, like, sometimes we'll find things to like do together. But for most of the year, like we don't have much in common, you know, traveling, like if we can find an opportunity to travel together somewhere, like when I went to Columbia, like he flew out too. We had a great time and it's like, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, with that kind of missing connection now, it's just like, 
I still need friendship. I still need to connect with people. Maybe not at the social butterfly level that we used to do in our 20s, but I still need like a solid group of people that I can I can talk to. Yeah, I think you can call Phil whenever you want to chat with him, right? Yes and no. You still need like a core group of friends that you stay in touch with regularly, at least a bi-weekly basis or even like a monthly basis, right? Ideally weekly. I, I think especially for me, like for someone working from home, even for you too, or like you don't have colleagues. It's like, I don't have people I interact with outside of this family on a regular basis. And it's not healthy in many ways. You can't talk to your wife or your family about every little problem you have. Like that's what friends are for sometimes, right? What I'm trying to get at is like, even though Phil's a best friend, Phil has his core group of friends from his business school from UCLA that he interacts with on a weekly basis. You know, our friends from LA. But I, since moving here, like to Irvine, like I don't have a core group of friends anymore. And I had to, I had to build that up. And so come like Thanksgiving, I think this is one of the ways where I, I've been trying to be more, a little bit more intentional about trying to find a core group of friends, just reaching out to people and seeing what they're up to and what's new with them. Because you never know, you know, our wide group of friends that whittle down and thinned out, right? Like they've changed. It's been like five, 10 years. I've, I've changed, right? I've picked up, you know, golf. Maybe like somebody that I used to be friends with that I don't talk to regularly, maybe they're into golf now, right? And now we have a, a common interest that we can talk about. You know, Friday, I met this guy who was like, you know, it was a friend of my friends that we went golfing with. And he's becoming a new dad. And we were just like chatting up strollers for like two fucking hours after golf in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> you know, no joke, just like baby stuff. And, and I even joked, I was like, this is what our lives had turned into on a Friday night. <laughs> it's like talking about fucking strollers instead of like going out and raging hard. You know? That's, uh, yeah, evolution of life. You got to find your tribe, right? It's okay. It's normal to, for, you know, friends to thin out over time because, you know, we go on divergent paths. But ultimately, what I realized for myself, at least, James, my biggest struggle lately is that I, I still need a tribe beyond my family because Mink has that, right? Mink has coworkers. Like, they have inside jokes. Like, they, like, they have their, their drama, right? And it makes life feel alive in some ways. I get what you mean. Like you said, like our, our friends thinned out, but I didn't realize that the true loss is that, yes, I still have quote unquote best friends, but it's no longer my core friends. Yeah. I don't know if I have a friend that I talk to every day. What about every week? I have a few friends that I, I can talk to maybe every week or so, or maybe not even that much. Actually, no, I don't have that either. But there are, there are some friends that I would... There's me. <laughs> yeah. So I would talk to you every week. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> Until you start talking about golf. And now I just, I'm just like, oh my God. You zone out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I still, I'm still going to talk about it, James, you know, because that's how crazy I am. But <laughs> I was like, I don't give a shit that you don't care. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, actually I do have a golf question. I guess I can talk to Sean now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I have a few friends that I would call very easily without thought of when I last spoke with them. And I, I would consider them kind of my core, even though I don't talk to them every single day or every week or sometimes even months. And then there's a few group of guys that I could hit up like at any random point. Doesn't matter if it's been a year or, or like six months or, you know. 
Yeah, but let me ask you this. I feel the same. Like there's a bunch of people I know I can just call up, strike up a conversation, catch up and like whether it's been a week, a month, a year. But if it's not like regular for me, sometimes I hesitate about what I call them about, right? Versus just like you and me, if we're going to hang out every single week, just like I don't have to be intentional about hanging out with you. I literally just hit you up and be like, yo, what's up? And then somehow stuff just comes out. Let's say for this podcast, right? Stuff just comes out. Like I, I wasn't thinking about calling you to like talk to you about something. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I hesitate. And then the other thing too, is that because you're not in regular contact with that person, you may not know what their schedule is like. I may not know like, oh, is it Phil out of town? Is he busy? Like, I don't know, right? And so I might try to call him. He doesn't pick up. And I'll text them then, right? And see if he responds. And then he'll be like, oh, I'm doing something. I'll just be like, now it's just like, instead of like, things just naturally, the opportunities to talk just naturally happening. It's like an extra step. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have friends like that too. There are some people that I'm, I'm a little hesitant to call because I haven't chatted with them in so long or knowing that they're busy. So I, I get what you mean. But does that happen with your close friends? Like the, the people that you were just talking about? Do you ever hesitate? Not with them. Not with them. There are some of my closer friends who I, I'm a little bit more hesitant with, but I think it's me more projecting mm. than it is for them. Right. And I just learned that over time. And, and I've talked to them about it. I was like, hey, like this stuff sort of happened. And I kind of realized that it was my projection of me like worrying about myself to like messaging you or calling you. Is that true? And he's like, yeah, that's totally you. You can hit me up anytime. Yeah. And it also might be because sometimes you're in a friendship where it feels very one-sided and after enough time has passed, you just kind of have to let that go. Because that could also be the stress that is caused by like, oh man, I want to keep in touch with this person, but... I think that is. So let me, let me ask you this. Do you reach out to them more often than they reach out to you or is it pretty bilateral? The ones that I was a little worried about was more me reaching out to them and not hearing anything back. Yeah. What about your core group? It depends. Some of them reach out to me more than I reach out to them. Some are pretty even and some I reach out to them more than they reach out to me. I think with the the group of guys that you feel very close with, I think for me, it just ends up being, oh, it's not that they're ignoring me or it's not that they don't care. It's just I operate differently than they do and vice versa. Because I've definitely done that, where there are some people that I don't want to keep in touch with anymore because I don't like the way that our friendship turned out or how I was treated. So I decided, hey, I'm going to cut you out a little bit. I'm going to weed you out because it makes me feel really shitty about myself. So it's like, I, I'm done. Huh. I think a lot of our, our insecurities, we project onto what other people think about us. That's like what imposter syndrome is. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I think it's a little, not exactly related, but there is something there where you're kind of, you're insecure about what you're doing. You're insecure about how you're acting. And maybe a choice that you make or a opinion that you have is going to create some concerns. Maybe some people are going to judge you differently. And so you're projecting those judgments onto what other people might think of you. And with a close group of friends, that judgment or that concern 
at some point, once you come to an understanding of each other, it kind of goes away. And so it doesn't matter when you last call or if you call for no reason. I see what you mean. And I, I do feel that way with like my close friends as well. There's some projections that, that happen. But you're talking about something else. Yeah, well, I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about like having a group of people that you regularly hang out with. Like physically see. Yeah. Not because like you haven't seen them in a while. Not because like you want to catch up. Just like... Just to go over and hang out. Right. There's just something that's like that you're just commonly doing like every single week. Going back to the work example of like Mink's work, like she has coworkers. She's like they're going to work and see each other. So they naturally arrange hangouts once in a while. So I don't like the work thing example as much because I think work is is somewhat forced. I think it does make sense to have a tribe at people at work that you hang out with all the time or whatever. But I what it feels to me what you're saying is is going back to our twenties, the days on Thursday night or Friday night when you just know that you're gonna be hanging out with a group of people. You're texting them saying, Hey, what are we doing tonight? It's like a very given that you're all hanging out together. Yeah, we're like, even for me, it's like, what are we doing this week? <laughs> you know, like, I don't care what day it is. Like, what, what are we doing this week? One thing, just socializing. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like a group of friends that you can socialize with on a regular basis. Going back to talking about the pandemic, about gaming or the hobbies that we have, the whole point of all these things and, and what we were doing in our 20s was socializing. And, and I feel like as we get older, we potentially tend to socialize less. How does that affect our well-being and, and mental health and, and whatnots? I'm starting to realize, at least for me, there's a toll. You know, this is a pretty new environment for me. I don't have that many friends around here. But kind of my two hands, how many friends I, I have in like a 15-mile vicinity. And it's like, if they're all busy or they're doing something else, there's nobody to socialize with. <laughs> I think what ends up happening for families is, I think one... I believe this is why a lot of people go to church because it's a reason to socialize and find friends. Yeah. And, and two, this is when, especially when you have kids, you become friends with your kids' friends' parents. Yep. And that's what happened with like Haeyong, Hesong, Steve, Brian, Andy, Kevin, my brother, and me. That's kind of how we became friends. It was a mix of church and also our parents like becoming friends together because we always hung out together. Interesting. So I wonder if that's why a lot of people go to church. If that's the next stage. Yeah. Like that's like the next like evolution of like responsibilities and socializing is you have to find a reason other than maybe like school events and stuff, but school events kind of sucks. And I don't know, maybe that's why a lot of people do go to church, even though they don't, they might not fully believe in God. And, and that's why Christianity and religion and, and church and whatnot has evolved to what it is now. It's not necessarily honestly about God. It's more about socializing. I know you didn't really go to church growing up, like, but we went, I went every Sunday. I went all the time, actually. I even sometimes went Friday and Saturday and Sunday, right? But it was more about, like, I'll be honest, some people went to like learn about God, right? But yeah, you know, I went and I know like for sure a lot of us we're there to play sports. Like we played street hockey or basketball on Saturdays and football on Sundays and played like games or whatever on Friday night, right? Like it was just a reason to socialize. And maybe that's what is kind of missing later on. And 
I'm not saying that church is the answer. Yo, let's go find a church to join you and I. Let's do it. Yeah, no, I'm not saying like religion is the answer, but we're going to Corona. We're going to meet up in the middle and just go to a church in Corona. <laughs> I won't lie. Like I, a couple of weeks ago, I missed the one of the weeks because I went to a church service to actually hang out with some people. And that's why I went. I didn't go because I felt this calling of going to have to listen to a sermon, right? I went to go eat lunch with my friends and their kids. <laughs> yeah. For Christians, I, I think that's how they find a social aspect. A sense of community, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They build that community out, outside of that. Now, outside of church, I don't know. I have no idea. I really struggle with that. That's the word I'm looking for. How do we like find our community? That's not core friends. Yeah. Better word would be community. I think tribe. What you said, tribe kind of makes sense too. I like that because I don't have a tribe or a community. I mean, that's kind of how I imagine adulting to be is that eventually you you go on trips together with your kids. Yeah. Right. With like close friends and, and family. That's true. That's kind of what I imagined it all to be. But I didn't realize that it's work. <laughs> it is. <laughs> to put it in, in very simple ways, like keeping a relationship, keeping a community, it has to be someone putting that together and keeping everyone kind of tied in together, right? And that's my point, James. Like, that's what I was trying to get at earlier was that like, without a community that already has a purpose. Yeah. It always has to be a reason to get together. Someone's birthday, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Short of that, which is a lot of work, church doesn't feel like work. You don't have to think about it. You just fucking show up. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, what is a community where I, or I can join where I just have to show up? Like, I don't have to like think about calling Phil or like plan a dinner or a trip or something for us to like get together and do something up in LA. Because I think that aspect is really important, even with the family, even with kids. I do feel like like from around golf, at least I hate to bring this up around golf. I am starting to build a community around golf. Like there are people that hit me up to golf and it's nice. <laughs> like, mm. Although granted, some of them are like 60, 70 year olds. You know? like, Dude, you, you learn a lot of wisdom from them. You should ask them this question. Is there, because I'm beginning to think that I don't think there are any more real opportunities where we can just show up to something. I think everything is mixed in with some kind of work, especially when you have kids. Because I, I think for me, I can just show up anywhere and kind of leave whenever because I am responsible only for myself. But for you, it's very different. You are responsible for two other human beings and you can no longer easily decide just to show up somewhere just for the sake of, you know, whatever. I think that's like planned. You have to work around it. I see what you're saying. With church being the exception, because you can take your kids to church. Right. But even then, it's work. Because you have to put the kids, you have to get them up, you have to feed them, you have to put them in the car, you got to take them to wherever, put them in the daycare. Yeah, but at least you can take them. Like, I can't take Miles to, you know, 18 holes, you know, I can't strap them to the back and, you know, just be like, all right, entertain yourself for four hours. <laughs> just like, get him a wagon and then hitch up to the back of the golf cart. <laughs> I've been looking at some other things too, like potentially like, oh, what, what if like Mink and I took up tennis lessons, right? We joined like a tennis club. I guess maybe that's why people join golf clubs, like country clubs and whatnot. Yeah. Or like climbing gyms. Climbing gym. 
maybe even a climbing gym could be cool because there a lot of climbing gyms have a section for kids. Yeah, that's true. I think once Miles gets a little bit older, I'll, I'm going to get back to the climbing gym because I, I used to love climbing, indoor climbing. Yeah, I haven't climbed in forever. I think next week for listeners, what I want to talk about was, and why I actually suggested we started recording in the first place today was the idea of, and I think it kind of fits in nicely to what we're talking about, is this idea of finding community or looking for ways to socialize. I think oftentimes as kids, we are forced to do a lot of different things, right? You were talking about how a lot of parents, they throw their kids into <laughs> piano lessons. Yeah. As you were saying, as we we're having this conversation, I actually thought back already to what you had prompted uh-huh. about how parents force us to do all these things and I realized why. I think the summary of that thought to defend your position and and it makes sense is that it exposes us to more opportunities to connect with like-minded people that have similar interests as we do. Yeah. And very, very importantly, to find out what you like to do. Mm -hmm. I think that is the real key reason why kids should be enrolled into a lot of different things. Not because parents are competitive and want their kids to excel at everything, but more importantly, to teach the child that they should not be afraid to try new things because eventually they'll find something that they like to do, right? I think that's a big part of, for me, I'm really struggling to find something that I really like. I don't really know what I enjoy anymore. I think it's important that you do something for work to make money and then strictly to do something only because you enjoy it. And so for kids when they are being told to do something, it, it's harder, right? You don't know if they're going to want to do it and what they don't want to do it. Does that mean that they don't like it? Or does that mean that they're uncomfortable? Like, what does that mean? I have no idea. But I think that's the important part about putting them into lessons and making them kind of understand that this is not about necessarily becoming an expert at one thing or another, but more to find what do you actually enjoy? You know, and I think as adults, we need to put that more into our lives too. And from there, maybe that's where community and socializing is kind of built around. I'm going to add something to that, actually. Community, definitely, and socializing and exposure, finding what you may or may not like. It's equally important to find something that you like and to find what you don't like because it's part of experimentation. And then tied to that is just teaching curiosity. I think that's one thing for sure that we start losing more and more as adults is being curious. And that curiosity is this growth mindset of, hey, I want to learn something new. I want to try something different. And when you do learn something new, try something different, you you will potentially find new people and make new friends, right? Find new tribes and communities. That's what I want to and need to be doing more of. And that's what where I thrive personally. Business school was an amazing journey for me because I fucking thrived being able to just try different careers from consulting, banking to like startup ideas to like, and around startup, there's like the tech, there's like ESG, there's like, you know, food, media, right? With the podcast and whatnots. I got to try so many things and it just, I really thrived in that environment and connected with people and new people. But it was one of those things that was convenient just like church. It was a three-year program, right? Or three-year experience. I had to do it. 
all I had to do was just show up, honestly, <laughs> you know? And even the some days I remember like, I didn't want to show up, but as long as I showed up, there was an opportunity for something to happen versus me just sitting at home. And so now that I'm out of that environment, how can we continue creating opportunities for ourselves to meet new people, try new things, right? And I think that's the biggest struggle, not of just this week or this month, but I think of just the past two, three years during the pandemic, because that's something that really put a dampener on that kind of progress or nurturing that aspect of our lives. Especially moving to a new place, leaving uh, Berkeley area and then coming down here. And same to you, right? Moving back from Vietnam to Redlands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, middle of nowhere. I like this isolation period. I've really enjoyed it in a way. But also, I'm beginning to realize that maybe I've been isolated too much. And so moving closer to LA next year will definitely be, it'll be nice. It'll force me into different behavior. Thank you for bringing that up, James, because you just made me realize the difference between you and me. You're still in transition of sorts, right? For you, I think you enjoy it because you know that you're going to move out of there. We just bought a fucking house here. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not like going to be like, all right, next year, like, all right, you know what? Fuck Irvine. We're going to move back to LA. Like, no, that's not happening. Chances are very slim. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but chances are pretty fucking slim. Yeah, I'm, I'm not rooted anywhere. And that's where for me mentally, I'm just like preparing like, all right, I need to find or build community here, <laughs> you know, because we might be here for a while. Oh, on that note, one of my really good buddies, Pierre, he travels a lot for work because he's, he's a YouTuber and he's a photographer and whatnot, right? And he's traveling to like exotic places. Like he's going to Japan like next week for two weeks. He was just in uh, Tahiti for like two months. He's one of my really close friends. And, you know, Mink was just like, oh, do you like, you know, she's projecting, obviously. She's like, do you wish, you know, your life was like that, where you're like out and about and free and to do stuff and travel and see the world? And I thought about it a lot. I was like, that'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a change of scenery and do all these things, but I shouldn't need to do that to be happy, right? It's that whole idea, like, if I can't be happy now, here and now where I am, it doesn't mean that I'll be happy anywhere else because it's it's an internal state thing. And and I talked to my buddy about it and he agreed it was true. Like, when he was in Tahiti for like two months, like, what's novel becomes routine, Yeah, right? And then if you're always in that mindset of just like, a different place will make me happier, then you're going to always be on the move, right? And so that, that's something I, uh, that I've been thinking very hard about because I'm like, all right, how do I make this place where I am now, if I need novelty, more novel? Let me try to find places to go to. Like, thank God for golf because I had to go meet up that guy to you know buy golf clubs in LA. <laughs> I was like, all right, how do I make a trip with a family out of this, right? Because I'm going to drive up to fucking LA. Like, how do I make a trip out of this? And I was like, I looked up, I was like, oh, you know, because Miles is still young. So a lot of things he can't do yet. Go to Legoland. We already went there. He's still too young for that. Oh, okay. Even Disney, funny enough, like a three-year-old just, yeah, they're, they're like very hyper-focused. <laughs> like, <laughs> they care, care about like two things. <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh, there's a space shuttle Endeavor in downtown LA. Like, I remember that whole hoopla about, you know, them putting it here and, and all that stuff. And I was like, I've never seen it. So I was like, all right, let's go. Fucking went. What's amazing was the entire museum is free. Whoa. I mean, you had to pay $15 parking, but it's free to just go to that museum. And then you go to see the shuttle 
and it's freaking cool. And then there's a whole like museum around it. There's like some other stuff, like different regions and like there's a polar region. There's like, it's like, it's a science museum. Yeah. It's not as awesome or big as the California Science Museum in, in San Francisco, but which is freaking awesome. Have you been there before, by the way? That, that museum, like that whole area is freaking amazing. But what they built in downtown LA around, you know, the Coliseum and uh, the soccer stadium, whatnot, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't even know. I lived in downtown for like 12 years. I didn't know there was, there was a science museum there. There's a natural history museum there with this like massive like dinosaur skeleton. Yeah. It's like a diplosaurus or something. And uh, we didn't even get a chance to go. Like, I want to go. It really is funny how when you travel somewhere, you make it a whole thing and you, you're like, I'm going to go v- see the city and like do all the things that, you know. But LA is also a tourist destination for a lot of people and they go do a lot of things. Yeah. And you're totally right. It's about trying to make the mundane into a novelty. I think that's hard, but maybe it is about, hey, I don't have to always go somewhere to make it an interesting weekend. It can be about finding the small hidden gems that are around your own neighborhood. Yeah, just like finding the novelty, finding the new in where you are. Like for you guys, Redlands, like you're so close to Joshua Tree. You're so close to the mountains. You're so close to Big Bear, you know? Sure, I don't know what Redlands is like, but you're so close to a lot of things that people literally travel for. Yeah. You're probably what, like half an hour away from Indigo, from Palm Desert? I think it's like an hour. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> it's like, but in the opposite direction, right? Of, of like LA traffic. My point is people go out of the way to spend like a weekend at Joshua Tree, which did you know that National Park is bigger than I think New Hampshire? Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> it's bigger than one of our states. Yeah. Joshua Tree National Park is bigger than one of the states in the United States. Anyway, it's been a great episode, Ashley. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you, listeners, for your time. All right. Until next week, have a great week, everybody. See you guys.